Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, beauty, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Hi friends, welcome back to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and host of this fun, beautiful podcast, the High Vibration Living Podcast. And you're going to really enjoy my conversation with Hannah Allward today. I had so much fun chatting with her about gut health, and I asked her a lot of the questions that I've been curious about for years. So whether we should be signing up for that one-year subscription to that probiotic brand, or should we constantly be switching it up? Do we take probiotics the same day that we had our fermented vegetables? What foods are hindering or helping our digestive system? When do we really need to turn to somebody? When can we self-diagnose? We go through that type of list. So real key tools and questions that you guys have probably been having as well as I've been having all these years. So Hannah Allward is a certified holistic health coach, gut health specialist, and the founder of Han. After struggling with her own chronic digestive issues for years, Hannah dove headfirst into the latest in gut health research, seeking answers to her bloating, food sensitivities, and pain, which she suffered with for seven years. With her science-backed formula, Hannah has overcome her own digestive issues and helped hundreds of other women around the world do the same. She leads a team of functional practitioners that help clients transform their gut health and overcome their never-ending digestive issues with functional nutrition, targeted supplementation, and advanced lab work. We also got into you know, our digestive health when we travel, our digestive 
digestive health, when we're stressed, and how we can all just get back to a place where we can be comfortable with the day-to-day of our life and not have to be traveling and hauling around all these different supplements in order to feel good. So enjoy the episode. Please, when you get a chance, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Let us know what you liked about this episode and continue to share it with your friends and family so they can feel better in their bodies and live a more vibrant and health supportive life. Enjoy the episode. Cheers. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Me too. And I feel like it's this conversation's the perfect way to kick off the new year because we're all looking for a fresh start and to feel better in our body. And things are always different during December because we're eating out, we're gathering with family, we aren't necessarily making our own food. And so that can start to trip us up and how we feel, especially our gut. So let's get into it. How do we know that we're kind of having some gut health issues and it's not something that we ate last night? Yes, this is a this is a great question. So, I mean, the gut is the epicenter of overall health. I truly believe that. And up to about 90% of all disease can be traced back to the health of the gut microbiome. So it's not something to overlook. Like when you're having digestive issues and things like that, we really, we really want to dig in and understand it because it's, it's so important. And that's part of the reason why I got into this work because I struggled with my own digestive issues for years and years with no help. But then also I knew if we worked on the gut, we could help so many other things. So I was like, I'm going to go with this. This is going to be my in. Um, but some of the biggest signs I would say are like symptoms that are more consistent. They're chronic, right? So if you, for example, ate something that was kind of funky and you got like a stomach bug, that's more of an acute thing, right? And you had no issues, you ate the food, you got sick, then it's kind of over. Um, but when we see symptoms like bloating, constipation, diarrhea, um, IBS, anyone that's been diagnosed with IBS, it's just a sign that we've got a deeper gut issue. Um, food, lots of food reaction. So needing to take out a bunch of foods from your diet, remove a bunch of foods, feeling like a lot of foods make you feel bad. And that's a big sign. Um, and then also we see a lot of skin issues. So acne, eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, deeply, deeply connected to the health of the gut and also thyroid issues. So Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, um, hormonal imbalances. I mean, so many things, but the, the biggest things that we see with clients are like chronic digestive issues. So bloating, indigestion, like tummy distension, looking six months pregnant after eating um, even healthy food, that's a big sign, right? So that it wasn't just like, you know, you had a slice of pizza and some beer and you're feeling a little bloated. That's, that's one thing. When you have like your healthy smoothie and you're eating your salad and chicken and you're like, what is up with this? I look, you know, pregnant with bloating and I'm in pain. That's another thing. How do we know when we can self-diagnose and make little edits versus when we need to reach out to a specialist and dive deeper? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, I would say, you know, most of the clients that we work with have done so much self-editing on their own. Like they're not eating fast food. They're not eating lots of processed foods. They're like very aware of their diet. Um, Many people start with nutrition, right? So it's like, how can we eat less processed foods? How can we eat more veggies? How can we eat more healthy proteins or whatever it might be? Um, Those are good ways to kind of workshop it. Now, if you have tried doing those things, You've tried an elimination diet, you've tried a low FODMAP diet, you've tried Whole30, you've tried whatever it is, and 
and you're still feeling bad, that is a big, big sign that it's not about the food at this point, right? Something else has developed within the gut environment. And this is like, I scream this from the rooftops because I think it's so important to understand because so many of us, especially women can be really hard on ourselves. We're like, okay, if I just stop eating the gluten or just stop eating the dairy or I eat no sugar at all, then finally it'll all go away. But it really likely won't for many people, right? Because it's not, it's not always the food's fault. So a, a nice, strong, resilient, healthy gut microbiome should be able to tolerate most foods, right? With a couple of things that make you feel a little like tired or sluggish or weird, you know, you're eating like chips and queso, you don't feel so great, right? That makes sense. But if we have really altered our nutrition and our diet already, we've taken out a lot of these more processed foods and we're still feeling this way, big sign to see like a, a specialist in the field. So what is actually happening? Like if I imagine my gut or if I imagine my large intestine or my small intestine, what's actually happening in there that's causing me to have these extreme reactions or feelings when I eat certain foods or when I do nothing at all? Yes. Great question. I, we could really, we could really dig in here. <laughs> so, so many different things could be going on. Um, we can kind of generalize it by saying imbalances within the gut environment. So when I say the gut environment, I mean really where the food is entering, right? So digestion is a north to south process starting in the brain. Then we've got the mouth, down the esophagus, stomach, small intestine, large intestine, our liver and gallbladder play a role. Our pancreas plays a role. Like all of these different pieces of the puzzle, technically there could be a breakdown in any one of these pieces, right? That's then contributing to these symptoms, which is also why, you know, so many people will start with diet changes or like a probiotic and it doesn't really fix it, right? Because the probiotic is only addressing I mean, it should be making it to the large intestine, hopefully, if it makes it through our stomach acid, but it's not addressing everything else, right? Stomach acid production, digestive enzyme secretion, bile flow, gut dysbiosis, right? So there's just so much more to the puzzle, which is also why I love to educate on it because once again, we start pulling all these foods, thinking it's the food, but really we've got SIBO, or we've got gut dysbiosis, or we've got a fungal overgrowth within the, um, you know, in the stomach and small intestine, and then that is causing these symptoms. So the answer is not really to just like never eat sugar again and fear fruit and pull all grains, right? I mean, you'll just drive yourself nuts doing that and and develop nutrient deficiencies, and then our eating habits get weird, and it just it just kind of downward spirals from there where we, what we really need to do is understand how did you get that overgrowth? What happened and how do we get rid of that overgrowth and target that? So, um, in a more general term, we could call it like gut dysbiosis, which just means an imbalance in our gut microbes, more specifically bacteria, but it can, it can look like many different things, an overgrowth of the not so supportive good gut, like our, or the opportunistic bugs, an undergrowth of our good gut bugs. Um, SIBO is kind of like our gut bugs in the wrong spot. <laughs> um, fungus, you know, fungal overgrowth, a parasitic infection. So there's a lot that can be causing these symptoms, which is why we, we run testing with all of our clients to actually identify like what what is your underlying root cause? Usually root causes, you know, there's a couple things at play because mm -hmm. um, your body's so resilient. Like it can, it can kind of figure some of this stuff out. It's kind of like, Oh, what, what kind of put us towards that tipping point where all of a sudden, like the body can't really regulate on its own anymore. 
So you brought up something interesting. You brought up stomach acid. And as a health supportive chef, I want to make sure people are able to digest the delicious food I make them and absorb the nutrients. And sometimes they really, their bodies aren't Mm -hmm. really doing that. Is that because there's a stomach acid issue? And what is that? What is it when like the body's not producing enough bile and you're not breaking down your food and you're walking around feeling like you're carrying it all day. Yes, exactly. So, um, stomach acid, you know, I, I kind of, when I educate, I lump stomach acid and bile flow and pancreatic enzyme secretion into what I call digestive output. So these are like our digestive juices. This is how we actually break down our food, right? So exactly what you said, we want to be able to absorb the nutrients from the food and really like get get our bank for a buck. You know, we're putting in all this effort to eat these healthy foods and we're like cooking these foods and all these things. We want to be able to really digest them and assimilate the nutrients from them. So um, we run into issues when we can't do that. So stomach acid is produced in the stomach and it helps us break down our food, especially proteins. So it helps us break down proteins. Um, and it also acts as the first chemical barrier that we have to the outside world. So if you think about it, just kind of like, widening the lens, we're putting the outside world inside of our bodies through the food that we eat, right? So whether you get an apple from like Whole Foods or your farmer's market or like Walmart or whatever, it's been sitting in the bottom of your backpack for a week. (laughs) Like you are, there are microbes on it that we can't see. So our stomach acid is designed to be so acidic to the point where we can kill off any weird microbes that are going to be riding along inside of our bodies through the food that we're eating. So when we don't have enough of that stomach acid, we'll run into lots of issues. We'll be at higher risk of infection, um, any, any weird stomach bug or parasitic infection. And then also we are not going to be digesting our food efficiently. So um, some big signs of low stomach acid would be like burping really quickly after meals, um, feeling like there's a brick in your stomach. So a lot of our clients that have low stomach acid are like, I just, I can barely eat. I feel so full very quickly. That's a big sign. Um, Acid reflux, GERD, indigestion. These are big signs as well. So we want to optimize all of these like digestive juices so we can actually absorb and assimilate the nutrients from our food. How do we get our bodies to make more digestive juices? Yes. um, Such a good question. So many different ways. So one of the main ways is to minimize stress. So stress is going to decrease stomach acid production. Um, It's going to send blood flow away from the GI organs. It's going to mess with our gut motility, um, which is kind of the movement of food through the GI tract. Um, It's going to, you know, increase cortisol, which will then wear away at the gut lining, causing more food sensitivities. So like stress is a big thing. Um, And it does decrease stomach acid production, but when also when we are stressed, we burn through minerals and we need certain minerals to produce stomach acid. So nutrient deficiencies can also be um, one of the kind of underlying root causes to low stomach acid. And then what we also see is some infections. So there's certain gut infections that kind of decrease or damage your body's ability to produce stomach acid. So if you have one of these infections, it's kind of like you're going to be on this hamster wheel, right? Like you'll be trying to increase it and not really getting anywhere. We see this a lot, a lot, a lot. So people are like, I've tried enzymes. I've tried HCL. Like what's going on? I still, I need eight caps of HCL to feel better, you know, and that's too much. <laughs> that's a bad sign. Um, don't take that much. So, so yeah, I mean, we want to manage stress. We want to, um, 
make sure that we're actually eating a nutrient dense diet. We're getting in adequate nutrients, minerals, things like that. Um, sodium is very essential for stomach acid production, B vitamins, zinc, things like that. And then also eating enough protein is really essential too, because when we stop eating enough protein, the body kind of starts to decrease the amount of stomach acid that's necessary because we don't, we don't need as much. So sometimes people are like, I feel so heavy after protein. Like I never feel good when I eat meat. Mm. Um, that's kind of a sign of low stomach acid. You're, you can't break it down properly. Yeah. Right. So eating, eating a nutrient dense diet. So we have all of these things that we need to actually produce stomach acid, making sure we don't have these gut infections, minimizing stress. And then also, you know, really getting our body into that parasympathetic, right, which is right, right in line with stress. So we're chewing our food, we're mindful when we're eating, um, we're not shoving food in our mouths in between calls. I know we all do it, you know, I'm not I'm not immune to this. Um, Things like that are going to ultimately help digestion and, and really chewing, right. So we forget that we don't have teeth anywhere else in our GI tract. So after we swallow that food, I mean, we're relying on our digestive juices to do the rest of the work at that point. So we want to really chew our food to applesauce consistency to take a little bit of the work off all of these digestive juices. But I mean, the body is so smart. As soon as you start smelling food and chewing food, you start to produce these digestive juices. So um, cooking, I mean, being mindful yeah. with your food, being present is, is going to literally help you digest your food better. Yes, I completely agree with you. The food prep process really helps you digest and assimilate your food. And that's why there, you just can't compare ordering in to making your own food from scratch. It's not just about the ingredients and your energy and your cookware. It's also about the process and what happens when you smell, see, touch with your hands. It's really interesting. Absolutely. I mean, and we all, we all kind of know it, right? We'll walk into a restaurant, we're meeting some friends and we like smell the garlic and we're like, Ooh, I'm getting kind of hungry. <laughs> right? Like the body starts to kick on or you walk in and your partner's making dinner and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to eat. Like you're, your brain and your gut are in communication. And then we start to literally get ready to digest this food better when we're kind of smelling it, being present with it, being grateful for it, preparing it. Now, I was curious with some things that you just brought up. Is it true that if you have like a little sip of apple cider vinegar before a meal, it helps you digest the food better? It can. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty decent like at home hack. Um, that you can try. Always dilute it. We want to be mindful of our enamel on our teeth and we want to be mindful of just it being too much. So we want to dilute it in a little bit of water um, okay. before and kind of more so shoot it back as opposed to like sip on it because it can kind of damage damage the teeth. I mean, I'm not a dentist, but that's, that's to the extent that I know. Um, you can sip it through a straw as well. And then um, that it totally can help. It can also help with post-meal um, like blood sugar regulation really. So apple cider vinegar has been shown to really help us regulate our blood sugar more. So about 15 to 20 minutes before the meal can help with that. Um, so quite a few benefits for like an at home cheap kind of hack. Um, we just want to be mindful. If you experience any burning with it, discontinue, you know, because sometimes when we have these gut infections or we have like, we've had indigestion or reflux or GERD for a while, there's damage to like the esophageal tissue, right? So we need some upper GI healing before we add more like acidity to the fire. So for most people, you'll probably be fine. But if you have a history of like reflux or anything like that, just be mindful. If there's any burning or weirdness, stop, work with someone. 
What do you think about the trend of taking colostrum or collagen to restore your gut? Is that just like a trend or is it really doing something? Yes. I love these questions. Um, So colostrum, I think can be great. I think it's great. I mean, there's some pretty good research showing that colostrum can help support the gut immune system, which is big. Our gut immune system helps kind of keep things in balance, um, fights off invaders, right? And, you know, 70 70 to 80% of our immune system is in our gut. Like it's right on the other side of that gut lining. So, which is all, it's also there because we get, you know, um, exposure from the outside world through the food that we eat. So our immune system's right there, like ready to go. So colostrum has been shown to have some positive effects. Um, I don't, it's not going to heal anyone's gut completely. Like, you know, if anyone's selling you one thing that's going to like completely heal your gut, it's probably not true. (laughs) It's a process. Um, for some people it could be more helpful than others, but I don't, and for most, I don't think it's going to do any damage. I think it could be great. Um, you just want to be mindful of, yeah, companies just jacking prices up of things and selling it as like a this will heal everything. You know, I, I I'm not super into that. If anyone, yeah, it's it's not a weak process. It's it's a it's a more intensive process, but um, I think it can be helpful. There is some data there. And then with collagen, collagen can also be helpful. Once again, it's not going to heal all of your gut issues, but I take it every morning. I put it in my, in my coffee really as a protein source. Mm. So I love coffee. Like no one can take that away from me (laughs) giving that up. Um, So I add collagen to my coffee to kind of help support the blood sugar regulation, a little bit of protein. And I add some fat in there and things like that. Um, So it's a great add in. It's super easy too. like you got in your coffee. It adds 12 grams of protein to my morning drink and I don't taste it. So hitting your protein needs, you know, it can be hard for people. Um, so I think it's great for that. It, it can, you know, support the gut in some ways, but it's not, you know, just, it's not going to heal everything. (laughs) What do you think about like hands-on healing for the gut? So going and getting a massage or a lymphatic massage or, you know, massaging the stomach, how, how often do you work with clients when you're realizing there's a big emotional component to their gut issues and this hands-on touch would be really supportive? Yes. I mean, so many people would benefit from it. Um, I'm actually about to teach a, a masterclass with someone all about lymph and, and the gut um, because, I mean, for so many different reasons. So we need to get blood flow to the areas that we want to heal, right? So that's just like literally getting blood flow to that area can be helpful for healing. Um, Massage and techniques like that also support, you know, lymphatic drainage. The lymphatic system helps us get move toxins through the body. So it also doesn't have its own pump. So like we have our cardiovascular system, our heart acts like the pump, right? Pumping things throughout the body, but our lymphatic system doesn't have that. We have to manually quote unquote pump it. So movement, you know, stretching, breathing, massage all helps to move um, and kind of stimulate that lymphatic system. So it can be helpful for so many different reasons. Um, Another one just being like a lot of our clients have been struggling for so long that their connection to their body is, is frayed, right? They don't trust their bodies anymore. Um, They have had so much pain in their stomachs for so long. They like hate their stomachs, you know, like there's a lot of fear and emotion really bound up in the center there in, in the tummy. So, um, when we can really add some like healing touch and, and self massage and like reconnecting to our own bodies, 
I think it can be hugely, hugely beneficial um, because, you know, trauma gets stuck. It gets stuck in our tissues and these emotions get stuck in our tissues. And we want to really, you know, work to, to move that and listen, like really learn to listen to our bodies too. So in some of my programs, I'll lead clients through breath work and like mindful meditations and things like that. And, you know, sometimes people have a bowel movement literally after the meditation or the breath work, because when we're so bound up, like there's no space for anywhere for anything to go anywhere. Right. So when we can add some breath, we can add some, we can really relax. It can kind of create some space for things to move through the GI tract. And, and I mean, we have this gut brain connection, our nervous system, it is such a huge part of digestion. I mean, digestion is nervous system regulated, right? So it's like any sort of stress or, or deeply like bound emotion, it will influence our digestive issues. And, you know, to kind of like summarize the women that we see, I mean, and and I think so many people in general struggle with perfectionism and being type A and go, go, go. And, I'm going to raise the kids. I'm going to build the business. I'm going to do a thing. I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to, you know, it's like, it's just go, go, go. And and modern day doesn't really support like a healthy lifestyle, you know, it takes effort and it takes, yeah. it takes mindfulness. So, um, over time, the stress, the skipping meals, the not enough sleep, the people pleasing, the lack of boundaries, all of these things are going to contribute to more physical issues. So I always say like, Stress is a huge part of it, but stress doesn't stay stress. Stress becomes physical. Stress will create Mm -hmm. leaky gut, gut dysbiosis, low gut immune function, low stomach acid, right? So a lot of our clients go to the doctor and they're told, oh, you're distressed. Like here's an anxiety medication or manage your stress better. And they're kind of like, yeah, (laughs) tell me about it, right? Like got it. I knew that. But at, at that point, by the time we have something like IBS or we've got really bad digestive issues, like the stress has then created something physical. So we can't look at the, Mm -hmm. we can't just get on the supplement protocols and take this stuff for the gut dysbiosis if we're also not addressing the stress, but usually we, we have to address both, right? So it's like the emotional imbalances kind of contribute to the gut and hormonal imbalances over, over time. Hi, I'm chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. What do you like to do to walk away from your desk or walk away from, you know, events or days that have totally stressed you out to kind of calm down and wind down? Are there different things that you like to do? Yeah, great question. Um, So many things. I am a huge fan of breath work. I love breath work. I use it a lot. Um, 
because, you know, I know the experience of being perfectionism in type A because like, that's me, <laughs> right? So I, I can see and empathize with my clients because like I am my client. I mean, I was my client, right? So um, my mind tends to run in a million directions and owning a business, I mean, you know, it's like never ending. So the meditation for me can sometimes be hard. So breath work, I love it because it gives my mind something to kind of latch onto. I can like count to four, count to five, you know what I mean? So it's creating this mindfulness, but it's not quite just sitting in silence, which can, after a long, busy day, like my brain is not, I can't do that. Right. Um, that doesn't mean I never meditate. I mean, I love meditation too, but I love breath work so much for, for some of those reasons. And, and I feel for me personally, energy gets stuck, right? So I have to move it. I've got to move the energy. I've got to move the energy with my breath. I've got to take a walk. Like I love a good evening walk. I'll just listen to my music and walk around. Um, or I'll put on, I love dancing. <laughs> so I'll put on a song and I'll just dance it out. I'll shake it out and I'll just dance around my kitchen. That's like really, truly my go-to. And it helps just move some stuff, like move the energy so it doesn't get so stuck and kind of helps recalibrate my system. That sounds so nice. <laughs> I love dancing. <laughs> we'll just take it out for a second right now. It sounds fantastic. Well, if you want to come home from a busy day and you want to make mm -hmm. yourself a meal that you know that's going to be easy mm -hmm. on your gut, do you have a few go-to dishes that you recommend to clients or you do yourself that you know, I know this is going to be easy for me to, to digest. It always makes me feel good. What are some of those yes. dishes? Um, some of my go-tos are just like very simple roasted salmon and veggies. It's like no time at all. Pop it in one pan, mm -hmm. you know, um, and mm -hmm. It's good protein, omega-3s, and then you pair it with some veggies and it's kind of round, rounds out the meal. Make sure you've got a good carb in there. It's so like a sweet potato or something like that or regular potatoes or something wrong with regular potatoes um, and or brown rice, whatever it is. So that's kind of one of my go-tos because it just like is easy. It's healthy. I feel good after I eat it. Um, I love soups too. And sometimes when people have, you know, more chronic digestive issues, just really well-cooked food can be helpful for them. So not so much the salads and the raw veggies and things like that, but more so the soups or the stews. Um, so I actually have a cookbook. We have like so many amazing soups in the cookbook because, you know, you can load it up with nutrients. I'm sure, as you know, right. You can load it up with good herbs and antioxidants and spices and, and then kind of let it simmer and really cook down. Um, so I love a good soup. And then one of my go-tos, which wouldn't, it wouldn't work for everyone, but I love lentil pasta. I eat a lot of lentil pasta. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, I would say if you have SIBO or something like that, like the lentils may not, may not feel super great for you. Um, but if you're just like someone who's like looking to, you know, benefit their gut and, and make something easy, I eat a lot of lentil pasta. Um, cause it has more protein and fiber. So per serving, I want to say there's like 15 grams of protein and, and some fiber in there. It's not just carbs. Right. Um, and then I'll add in a bunch of greens. I love arugula. A great bitter greens are great for digestion. So lots of arugula and then different herbs and spices. And I'll top it with like feta and olives. I love olives. Um, I went to Greece last year, so I think I'm just forever eating feta and olives. <laughs> Make it more of like a, a lentil pasta salad. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I'm adding veggies. To, if I can add a veggie, I'm adding a veggie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then really using herbs and spices, right? So like these things, I mean, they add so much flavor, but they add so many polyphenols and like different nutrients and antioxidants. They're, they're like antioxidant powerhouses. And if you're not cooking your yeah. food at home, like you're probably not using a ton of them, you know? So 
Um, we, the gut also wants diversity. So the more diversity that we can get in, the more we can really support building a nice, robust gut microbiome. So herbs and spices are a great way to do that because you really just need like a tablespoon of these foods to count towards like adding in diversity. So um, parsley or oregano or rosemary or whatever it might be, like these are great things to add in throughout the day. We were just talking about Greece and your travels. Are there things that you like to do to kind of prepare your body or your gut for traveling or things that you pack? So that way, no matter how stressed out you get at the airport or stressed you may feel when you first get to your destination, you know you have some of the tools to help kind of calm your system down. Yes, love it. I just got back from traveling last night. <laughs> so I, I just went through all of this. Um, I will say at this point in my life, so I struggled with digestive issues for years, like probably seven years of looking pregnant after eating an apple. Like I tried whole foods. I tried just raw. I tried I mean, everything you name, I, I lived on an elimination diet for actual years thinking that it would kill my gut and, and never did. <laughs> so I used to really be, I, I had to really micromanage everything. It, so it felt, and so I will say after really repairing my gut, I don't have to worry like that anymore. So traveling is much easier. I mean, I spent a month in Greece last year. I'm drinking Fredo cappuccinos. I'm eating feta. I'm eating, you know, of course, I'm, I, I maintain a good, healthy, supportive diet. It's so important, but I can tolerate things that I never thought I would be able to tolerate. So that hopefully that gives someone hope. Like I really, I really had to be, I would not touch a piece of bread. I would not, t I didn't eat dairy for like 10 years. Like it was, it was intense, you know? So now I can go to the airport and I'm not really worried. Honestly, I can, I always have some snacks with me, but I can grab, if I need to grab something, I can grab something and I'm, I'm not going to pay for it for the rest of the day, which is, I didn't, I really didn't believe that was, would ever be possible for me truly. Cause I was just like, I'm more sensitive. I have, I have these tummy issues. Like it's always going to be like this. And it wasn't, it was like deeper gut issues that I had to address. So, and nervous system stuff. Um, so I will say that I don't, over like overpack and micromanage to the extent that I used to, <laughs> which is great. Um, but I always have some snacks with me. So I've always got like walnuts. I love walnuts. So like any nut or, nut or seed is great. Um, cause you've got some protein, you've got some fiber, you've got some fat. Um, I always have like Epic bars with me, which are like kind of these like, love those. yeah, they're just, yeah. they're easy and they're whole food. Right. So it's not this like processed protein bar. Um, it's like chicken <laughs> or whatever it is. Exactly. It actually has protein in it. So when you are really hungry and you're like, oh my gosh, like I need a snack, like protein is going to be your best friend in those moments. Mm -hmm. And if you let that go too long and your blood sugar crashes, then you're like knee deep in the bag of donuts, right? So it's like, we need protein to really satiate us at that time. So I always have Epic bars and chomps. Like I love chomps, um, sticks to the grass fed beef bars, um, nuts and seeds, Maybe I'll have some dried fruit or something like that, but I always have some sort of snack snack like that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I always bring like a, my protein powder. So I have that. If I'm in a hotel, I can kind of pop that in some water or I can pop like vanilla protein powder in my coffee. If there's like a Starbucks, I'll just put it in my cold brew, you know, so I have something there. Um, and then supplement wise, I magnesium, 1000% always have the magnesium. Magnesium glycinate is my go-to. It's what we use with clients the most too. Um, and then minerals. So like electrolytes, like I always have electrolytes on me. Um, so potassium and sodium, a different combination. I mean, I have different recommendations if you want, but something so you can replenish your minerals and electrolytes because flying super dehydrating and 
stress burns minerals. So like we need to replete. Um, those would be some of my biggest things. And then I kind of always bring, honestly, I, not always a probiotic, but um, a binder just in case I eat something weird. So mm-hmm. if I'm traveling and you know, you're eating out, you don't really know what's going to be available, but I like to bring a binder just in case I eat something where I'm like, mm, this is not sitting super well with my stomach. Um, that can be helpful. Would that be like a charcoal supplement? Yeah. 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 We love GI detox by, um, was it, I think it's biocide and botanicals or something like that, but it has a little aloe in it and it has charcoal in it. You just want to be mindful if you're taking that, like take it away from medication, take it away from your supplements because mm-hmm. it will bind to those things. Um, but yeah, something like that can be helpful if you're like, you know, drinking alcohol, you're, you're going out to dinner and things like that. Should there be some supplements that people should make sure that they have in their cabinet or, you know, Anything that they should have pre or post meals that they should always have in their house just in case? Yes. So I think a binder is one. Like I like to always have a binder on on hand just in case. Um, and then I love digestive bitters. So we we put a lot of clients on digestive bitters. And I just had a call before this and I was literally saying this exact thing to her. It was like with yeah. a client of mine. She was like, I'm traveling and you know, what should I always have with me? And I'm like, digestive bitters. Um, so I have a little spray one that I have in my purse and I got it at um, just a little health food store, but it's really just a combination of bitter herbs. So it's going to support bile flow. It's going to, it's going to support liver detoxification, but it's also going to support the production of those digestive juices. So it's very simple. They really shouldn't be that expensive. You know, you can probably find one at the store for under 20 bucks. I would, I would think. Um, and it's something that's, it's more safe to take long-term if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, you know, check with your doctor. There's some contraindications there, but it's very easy, simple add-in and why I really love digestive too is what I love herbs so much, but when we take an enzyme or an HCL or something like that, like hydrochloric acid, we're taking these things that are kind of outside of our body and we're just like gulping them down. Right. When you take digestive bitters, it's your, your body is creating the digestive juices on its own. So the the bitter herbs are helping your body create these, these juices on their own, as opposed to kind of relying on this external thing. So it can help your body get used to building those things on it on its own, which is ultimately what we want because we, uh, you know, my team and I, we're not, we're not looking to get people on a thousand supplements for the rest of their life. You know, it's, it's like, what are some foundations that we can support? Where can we support through food? Um, and then where can we help your body basically do what it knows and wants to do anyway? I love that. That is a great reminder. As we're talking, I'm thinking of this one bitter that I used to take. It was artichoke? Yeah. I don't know what part of the artichoke. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Yeah. So you'll, you'll find artichoke in a lot of bitter formulas. And this one is completely just that there's no, nothing else in it. And over time you actually start to really love the taste. And I just mix it with a little bit of water and take the shot. Um, I think I'm going to go pick up another bottle of it because it's actually so good. And you do, you just feel so much better after you take it. But I find I have to keep it next to the stove. Mm. It needs to be next to the olive oil on my kitchen counter. So when I start to make a meal, I see it, I take it, I move on. If it's in my purse, I'll even forget about it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is so key. It's like, where do we need to put these things to remember to take them? (laughs) You know, or or else they won't work if we're not taking them. So there are certain things I keep like at my desk. There are certain things I keep like on my counter, you know, I take in the morning and, 
Um, I was literally just talking to a client about it because it's, you know, when we work to build these new habits, sometimes it's a lot to add on, you know, you're like, oh, I'm not used to taking this. So when, when we already have something that we're doing, if we can set it up, so we're tacking this new habit onto something we already do, it's acting, you know, it gets to act as like the signal, like, cool. So when I brush my teeth, I do my breath work. When I make my lunch, oh, I'm taking my bitters. You know what I mean? And and that things that we're already doing are already ingrained in us. That can kind of help us form that habit a little easier. Um, it's like when you're, you know, trying to quit coffee. It's like if you go to no drink at all, you're like missing your coffee so much. If you swap from coffee to matcha or you swap from coffee to lemon water or tea or whatever, like you still get that kind of like fix, you know? So mm-hmm. swapping them or like tacking something on to what you're already doing can be really helpful. Cause once again, I mean, none of it works if we're not doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. On probiotics, should we be constantly changing the probiotic brands we use or is it like one and done and we should get the mm. one year subscription? Great question. I love, I love these questions. Um, it really depends. So I know that's probably not the answer that people want. <laughs> I'm like, we have to see. No, no. I mean, I want to know, like, I want to know what's going to like make my gut happy and make me feel good after every meal. And if that, if one thing that could be stopping me from having full digestive health and, you know, mineral absorption is because I've been taking the same probiotic for years, then give me the truth. I'll mix it up. (laughs) I love it. Uh, You're a good client. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, it, it depends. We really use probiotics based on data. So like we see what our clients are, have going on and then we're going to kind of customize the probiotic from there. Certain probiotics do different things, right? Mm. So that's, that's important. Um, I would say in general, a spore based probiotic can be helpful for most people. Um, and cause probiotics are transient. So they're not actually repopulating your gut. They're coming in, they're doing work while they're there, but when you stop taking them, the benefits kind of go away. That doesn't mean they're a waste, but you either keep taking it forever or you actually support the like proliferation of those good gut bugs. So um, that's really through food, healthy fibers, prebiotics, right? Polyphenols, things like that. So we want to make sure that we're feeding whatever good bacteria is in this probiotic. Um, Spore-based probiotics work a little differently. They have been shown to like actually create communities within the gut. So I do like a good spore-based probiotic, like mega spore biotic or um, just thrive is like kind of basically the same thing, but more like direct to client. So mega sport, you have to get through a practitioner. Um, they're a little intense. If you're brand new, start slow. Like you, you know, you want to be mindful of that. You can get almost a die off reaction because what people don't realize is that some probiotics are inherently antimicrobial. So if we've got a, an overgrowth and we take that, sometimes we'll get like a, a die off effect. But in general, I like a spore based probiotic. Um, I don't think there's any harm to rotating, um, but I, but really like above and beyond the probiotic, I think prebiotics and eating a diverse, you know, plate and, and, and um, diet throughout the week is almost more important. And then you can try out, you know, probiotic rich foods too, fermented foods, things like that. Um, I will say we don't recommend fermented foods to clients, but we see a client that has chronic digestive issues. So you know, if you're just like not really dealing with digestive issues and you're just trying to like optimize your gut health, then you'll probably be fine with fermented foods. But 
some, you know, most of our clients will have, they'll feel much worse after eating the fermented foods because they've got overgrowths and things like that. So we're kind of, we're adding too much bacteria in. So a lot of the strategy that we use, like we're not really using probiotics immediately with clients. We're doing a lot of other work before then. Um, but yeah, to, to kind of summarize, like, I don't think there's any harm in rotating it. Really make sure you're getting in your prebiotics and your fibers. Um, and if you can get testing and work with someone to understand like what you actually need, I mean, that's going to give you the best. I think that would be the best. I've never thought about just getting a test to see if I'm wasting my money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, I, I, when I first started my program, we didn't have any testing. And then after I saw lots of clients, I was like, the testing is taking their journey and it's, it's compressing it because we understand exactly what we're working with, right? We can see what gut infections imbalances are in there. Are they digesting their food efficiently inflammation? Like, you know, all, all of that stuff we can see. So, um, that doesn't mean that, you know, nutrition adjustments and stuff aren't, aren't worth it. Of course they are. Like it's, it's, it all works together. It's an ecosystem, you know, but when we can actually say, Oh, you have these digestive issues because you have an H pylori infection and you have candida overgrowth and you have low gut immune function, then we can come in and take care of all that versus guessing. And then you're eating fermented foods and you feel worse and you're, you're using collagen, but it's, it, it's like, um, you've got histamine producing bacteria. So you feel worse. You're drinking bone broth, but you feel worse because you've got a histamine reaction. You know, we gain insight into all of this through testing. So a lot of the common, like good for your gut things can actually like trigger a lot of people that have these issues, including fiber. So a lot of our clients, like they can't tolerate a lot of fibers when they come in to work with us because they've got SIBO or they've got overgrowths. And this is where the, the, um, conversation just gets like confusing for people and they kind of tap out. Cause they're like, I don't know what's going on. Everyone's telling me to eat fiber, but I feel horrible when I eat fiber. Like what's the deal. And it's, it's not that fiber is bad. It, it's really, it's actually, it's great. It just depends on where you're at on your journey. So everyone is a little different. You know, I can eat fiber now, but I looked six months pregnant after eating an apple before, but it wasn't because of the apple, you know, it's not that apples are bad or I can never eat apples. I can eat them now fine. So it really depends on like where you're at and what you've got going on. And we can take this journey of like research and saving Instagram posts and reading blogs and listening to podcasts and just compress it Mm -hmm. because we see what's going on in you. One last question is about probiotics. Yeah. On days that we eat fermented vegetables, should we also take our probiotic or are we overanalyzing it and, you know, just be consistent with your probiotic. And if you eat fermented vegetables, great. If you don't, no worries. I would say that, you know, if you eat them, great. If you don't, no worries. Um, listen to how you feel truly. Like if you, you can, you'll feel it. If it's too much, it's too much. Um, you don't really need, I mean, I don't believe everyone needs to take a probiotic every day forever, truly. If you're, especially if you're eating fermented foods and you're getting in prebiotics. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if you're eating fermented foods, would you need to take the probiotic the same day? Probably not. I don't think it's really going to like do any harm though, you know, and if it does, you'll, you'll feel it. But if it's, if fermented foods aren't like really in your routine every single day and then take your probiotic and eat the fermented foods when you, when you do. And if kimchi is not in your routine, guys, you are missing out (laughs) on life. Like there's nothing better than like an egg and some kimchi and some brown rice. It is just add some more vegetables in there and you have just the best meal. I don't care if it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Love it, it just lights up my life. I love it. Yeah. I'm like, I want your tips. What, what tips do you have? <laughs> is buying different types of kimchi until you find mm-hmm. one that you like. And 
I have found that when you go to a lot of specialty markets, really hole-in-the-wall health food stores, and that's when you find the kimchi that's in a glass container, usually really small batch, um, and it has great flavor. And if you're trying different fermented vegetables and you don't like how it tastes, then that's not for you. Like, don't eat it. Don't force it. Because there's one out there that you're going to really enjoy. I second that. Yes. This is why, you know, we don't do tons of like um, pre-made meal plans and stuff just because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not, if you don't like celery, like you don't need to eat the celery. (laughs) Like I'm not gonna, you know, we, we literally digest our food better when we enjoy what we're eating. So, um, I'm also team, like there's no need to force yourself to eat things that like, you just don't really like, we can find something else, you know? Exactly. I have, um, Rebecca Wood on my podcast and she is like the OG health supportive coach and she's a face reader. So she can see what's going on with your gut through traditional Chinese face reading and in all of her eBooks and newsletters and all of her teachings that I've followed for years, she has always said, you know, you can steam vegetables and eat a plain chicken breast all day long, but if you're not enjoying it, it's not going to make you healthy. Like you have to prepare the food in a way that like makes you happy, lights you up. That will play a role in making you feel good afterwards. Absolutely. I mean, we, there's literally a part, like a a system, I guess I could say like of digestion that shows us when you are eating food that you, that you're excited to eat, you literally break it down better. I mean, your body is miraculous, you know, like it's, this thing is just working all day long without you even thinking about it. Like your body really knows. So the more you can be connected to your food, connected to your plate, connected to where this food came from and like grateful for your food and, and want to eat it, the better. And that's why we know restricted dieting, restrictive eating, yes. it never works because it takes the joy out Ooh. of you. Yes. Class to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. We're all like, never again. I don't think there's a woman on the planet that hasn't been there. And we're all just like, never again. Oh my goodness. I will say to my clients, I'm like, I, I think I, I like did too much of it. I mean, trying to figure all of this out. And I, I, I hated my body years ago. Like it was awful. And I just, I don't think I could ever do one again. <laughs> like, I really, my body, I just reject it. Like I repel yeah. really restricted eating because I, did it for probably a decade. And I'm just like, my, my system is like absolutely no more. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I went to a Dr. Joe Dispenza conference this year. Whoa. And at one point he even brought it up. He's like, we have all done the restrictive eating to try to fix some things in our life or fix our health or improve this or improve that. And he's like, I don't even mm-hmm. want to do it again. He's like, so he's like, that's why yep. I meditate every day. He's like, so I can keep my body healthy. So I don't ever have to go back to yes. that experience. And the whole crowd erupted because we've all mm-hmm. been there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, the nervous system plays such a role. So if you are scared of what you're going to eat or you're thinking like, Oh my gosh, I know I shouldn't be eating this. I know I shouldn't be eating this. Like this is bad for me. Well, it's like, you're, you're like capping your digestion before you even get started. So if I'm eating something that's like, you know, not what I normally eat or whatever, I'm eating like delicious bread in an Italian restaurant, or I'm eating, you know, whatever it is, a slice of pizza or whatever, which like, once again, I would not have been able to touch years ago. Like I wouldn't even have considered it. Um, if I eat it now, I'm just like, this is going to be so great. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I can't wait to eat this. Like it's going to be great. And then I'm fine. You know, you're, your nervous system plays such a yes. role in this. And that doesn't, of course, if you have like SIBO, you, 
I don't really think you can like think through it, but you've got to get your mind on your side in this process too. And really listen to your body and listen to, you know, these thoughts and, and beliefs that we have around food too, you know? So some clients will come in and oh gosh, their doctor was like, carbs are bad. So they're like never eating carbs. And then they're terrified to eat carbs by the time they come in. And we're like, you need more carbs. You need you need three times the amount of carbs. You know, we're always telling clients to eat more, truly. No one is eating enough. And yeah. um, there's so much fear built up in that. So it's like slow and steady. We have to like really break the fear that's attached to these foods, whether it's dairy, gluten, sugar, beans. I mean, you name it, you know. Um, but that really, it really does make an impact. Well, how can the listeners get in touch with you, follow you, learn from you on how to feel better from their gut outwards? Yes. Um, so I'm very active on Instagram. You can find me there. Um, Hannah Aylward HHC. My last name is like a little funky. So we'll, we'll pop it in there for you. <laughs> there will be a link. Um, but I'm very active there. I'm doing like trainings all the time. I do weekly Q and A's on my stories. Um, very active community there. I'm always in the DM. So you can always reach out, like never, never hesitate. I'm, I'm very active with my community. Um, and then I'm also teaching a free masterclass where I'm really breaking down my three-step process to truly like ditching the digestive issues and transforming your gut at the root cause level. That's really the work that we do. It's like, instead of looking to suppress symptoms, we're like, why do we have these symptoms in the first place? And how can we dig deeper to remove the root of it? So the symptoms really essentially go away. So I'm teaching a free masterclass. Um, so we'll make sure that you get that link too, and, and would love to have you there as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for chatting today, for answering my questions and a bunch of other listeners' questions about our gut and probiotics and kimchi and all the yummies. Um, it's been a pleasure yeah, connecting so much with fun. you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.